Good morning. Bear with me, this is a first. I've, I've given a couple of lessons possibly in my lifetime, but never stood in, you know, at a, a Sunday morning service and given a lesson. So I hope what I've prepared will come off like it uh, did in my head. Uh, there's no guarantee in that. I don't know how long this is going to take. It may be good that there's a meal downstairs and, you know, so when you're famished an hour and a half from now, that <clears throat> there'll be something for you to enjoy. But, you know, uh, and thinking about what I, I was going to speak about, we've had, you know, some good lessons in the last couple of weeks and, you know, that, uh, that may uh, come to a close today, we'll see. But um, we all face trials and tribulations, and we all have difficulties in our lives. And the last few years, we've had a number of difficulties that um, we haven't experienced in our lives uh, up until that point, or at least not for me. And uh, we have seen a lot of issues with... Uh, war and financial crisis and lawlessness and things that uh, we, we've known and seen in the past where they've gotten better, we've recovered and we've moved on from them. But here again at this point in time in our lives, we're seeing issues with uh, COVID and, and with uh, the, po the politics that have come along with COVID and, and whether we are vaccinated or we're not vaccinated and you know how we're doing somebody wrong if we're not or how we're doing right if we are or vice versa. We just uh, have had a lot of pressure applied to us. We've seen issues within our country of, of things that I never thought we'd see. We've seen police officers where they'd sit in a, a police cruiser and, and they've got to be fearful of whether or not somebody's going to come up behind them and, and take their life just simply because they wear a blue uniform and sit in a car. It's kind of an unprecedented time to me from that standpoint. Um. It's an ever-changing world. You know, we, we have a society where we compete. Now, not that competition is bad, but we compete. We aren't successful unless we have beaten everyone else that we uh, come across in our lives. Uh, uh, we, we compete uh, in sporting events, and we, we're brought up with sporting events, and that's good. It teaches us a lot of life's lessons, but... When it comes to being an adult and competing, we, we a lot of times we find ourselves um, competing with individuals that aren't necessarily um, competing on a fair level. We don't have referees and we don't have coaches that are going to set us straight in our, our worldly lives, our daily lives as adults. <clears throat> we have individuals that crave to stand out. You know, they, again, they're all for what's new in the world. You know, what is bright and shiny? What can I have that someone doesn't have? Uh, let me show you what I've just gotten. You know, we have uh, individuals now that think that we've got more than one uh, set of male and female. We've got alternatives to that. You know, in my, my opinion, we've, we've only got an X and a Y chromosome, and I don't understand how we can get to the point of where we've got more than one or, or two uh, sexes we're all created male or female but yet because of somebody's desire to be different or their desire to stand out in a crowd they're willing to proclaim that they are one thing or another that just isn't factual 
<clears throat> you know, we've got pressures on us whether we're, we're of a mature age or whether we're a young adult or a child. We've got pressures on us no matter what age group we fall into. Those pressures are, you know, we, we, we look at them and we aren't thinking of them as the type of pressure that, you know, if applied, you know, creates a diamond. We're, we're creating pressures on individuals that are really their persuasion, their influence, their intimidation. You know, we have, uh, you know, even poor Rudolph was intimidated. He's, he's not going to fit in. You know, he is, uh, he's not going to be allowed to play. But those pressures, a lot of times they're self-inflicted. We look at society and we, we look at uh, what other individuals have. We look at what uh, we see in a magazine, a book. We drive through a new neighborhood. We drive by a, a car dealership. We, you know, the, the, it's endless as to what we can see in our lives, as to what we may desire, what we see other individuals have, what we think we should be, what we think... You know, society thinks we should be. We, and we'll let those individuals tell us, you know, what we should look like. And, you know, we'll, we'll let them tell us that, um, you know, what we should wear. We'll let, let them tell us what organizations we need to be a part of so that we are in with the right individuals, in with the right crowd. And those individuals don't necessarily live up to the same standards or lifestyle that we would want to be a part of. We have individuals that, you know, participate in professional sports or college sports, and we let those individuals tell us based on their ability, their their athletic ability, we let those individuals tell us, you know, how we should live our lives, what political background we should have, what is right and wrong within our country, and how we should support our governments and you know, we, we let those individuals stand before us and tell us those things. And unfortunately, a lot of our society will bite into it and believe it and, and take it uh, to, to be fact. <clears throat> we have worry. We have fears. You know, I'd say that there's a couple of women in this auditorium right now that are afraid of what's taking place downstairs. You know, do we have enough food? Do we have... Is my dish going to taste good? You know, for the guys, it's can I get there before others do? You know, will I be able to get my favorite? You know, did they make my favorite? Um, we just simply will allow things to come into our lives and influence us. Um, at this time of year, we'll start reflecting on what we've done for the last 11 plus months will reflect on or will contemplate what we're going to do in the next 12 months. We will start looking at how I'm going to improve my life, how I'm going to improve the life of my family, how I'm going to, um, you know, if I'm going to have more exercise in my life, am, am I going to, you know, try and take more time uh, for me personally during this year? How will I spend my, my days uh, so that I have more peace and comfort and joy within my life? So as we contemplate those things, and for me, you know, I contemplate 
you know, some of those same things. You know, I, I'd like to be more uh, sports-related for myself individual. uh, individually. I'd like to be able to go out and, and do more running or something along those lines. And Holly and I have discussed where we're going to start playing golf, you know, and how do we create that time to go play golf. <clears throat> so as we start looking at those things, and we contemplate how we're going to make those improvements in our life or or how is it that we're going to um, prevent individuals from influencing, uh, influencing us in ways that we shouldn't be influenced? How am I going to have this? And we look at other individuals and we'll say, well, man, they sure do have a good life. They sure, are, they sure do seem to be happy. Uh, they've got everything that, you know, that they could possibly need. Uh, that individual's got to be making more money than than uh, anybody that I know. You know, we we run all these things through our head, but we don't know that to be factual. You know, we we only know what we see on the outside. So, <clears throat> for me, you know, I start thinking about things like, you know, this time of year I start thinking about taxes. You know, I've got clients that I need to finish jobs for before the end of the year. But then I start thinking about, well, I've brought in so much money for a business and I've already paid in my my quarterly taxes. And is it enough? Is it going to cover it? Do I need to postpone billing somebody the next year or do I need to go ahead and bring that money in because I've paid in too much taxes? You know, am I I over-prepared, so to speak? I'll start thinking about things like, um, again, like I said, the, the... my health or those those types of uh, situations. We start taking inventory of our lives and our family, and we, we contemplate on things that have happened in our lives for the year. We may have lost a loved one. We uh, we may have a family member that's sick. We've, we've had a number of individuals within our congregation that um, we've lost. Uh, we, we've had a number of individuals that have not been able to make it to service you know, in a long period of time just simply because that their health has failed them in such a way that they can't make it. So in contemplating their lives, I'm sure that they find things that they would uh, like to have improved that you and I may not have as an issue, but we all have our own individual issues. So if you would, and I'm sure that all of you know this, these verses, but I'm going to start off with these verses. In Matthew the sixth chapter. I'm going to start in verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? Nor yet your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor neither do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take not 
thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we know that God has, you know, he's always considered our our needs. You know, I won't say that he considers our wants. I'll say he considers our needs. You know, we have desires within our, our lives that won't always be fulfilled, but our needs have always been filled. So, moving on, what happens to us when we start to reflect on our lives? Many times we will grow the issues that we find. So, we've all had uh, professional jobs. We've all currently uh, been through a grade in school. We've got some that are still in in middle school or high school, and and they're looking to... uh, live within that society, if you want to call it one, where they have to compete with other children and those things. And what does that child have that I don't have? But as we consider the things that we, we want or we consider the things that are wrong in our lives, we, a lot of times, if, if it's a stressful situation, whether it be financial or whether it be a, a health issue or Whatever it may be, as we consider those issues and what has gone wrong within our lives and how are we going to deal with that situation, instead of making things better as we dwell on it and we consider it, repeat it, you know, the thoughts on it daily, we add to the stress of that situation. You know, if we continue to go down that road and, and, and it weighs heavy on us, we can feel overwhelmed, and when we feel overwhelmed, we'll... We find the feelings of fear or regret come on, depending on what the situation may be. And if we become burdened by uh, fear and regret and the stress of things, then we may become unmotivated. I know it, this is what happens to me when, when it comes to my work. You know, as I contemplate all that is going on on a daily basis with my jobs, if somebody doesn't show up as planned, and they may not show up for two or three days, how has that affected my daily schedule? How has that affected you know, the thoughts of my customer and it's how to something is going to finish? Are we going to finish on time? How does that reflect on me when somebody says, well, you had somebody that was supposed to be here. You told me something was going to take place, and it hasn't. So how does that make me look to my client? So I'll worry about that, and it'll, it'll add stress. And when I get that additional stress, and when I have those conversations that may be difficult with a client and explain it, sometimes it makes it better, sometimes it makes it worse. But as I, I have that conversation, a lot of times what will happen for me is that, you know, I will lose focus on what I had laid before me, and I will actually have to back up, and I will actually have to go and sit down somewhere, and I will have to redo that schedule. I can't just, you know, continue on with where it is and pick up. I will literally have to go and sit down and go through it again and start afresh. Because if I don't, then the burdens of, of what has gone wrong 
will weigh on me and I can't move forward until I've got that fixed. So I have to get rid of, of what's gone wrong and start new just as if it was you know, starting the project from, from scratch. So I've got to, to get rid of what was wrong. <clears throat> Has anybody ever told you or have you ever given any thought to the fact that we have 24 hours in a day? You know, I, I know I have said I wish there was more time in the day. You know, I, I wish that, you know, I could keep the, these guys here on this job site and instead of working an 8-hour or 9-hour or 10-hour day, let's just work an 18-hour day. You know, but what happens when we work that 18-hour day? We get up the next day. We don't feel like we've got anything more accomplished than what we we should have anyway. So we repeat the process, and then we tell ourselves, I wish there was more time in the day. The truth of the matter is, is we've got 24 hours. 24 hours is all we've got. We can't add to it, and if we did add to it, we wouldn't get any more sleep. We wouldn't spend any more time necessarily doing the things that we should do. we just spend more time doing the things that we worry about. So if, if I've got 24 hours and I only sleep maybe six hours a night, and I can, I can be getting my morning coffee at... 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning as I drove, drive through or, uh, and, and get it. it um, I may not make it back to the house that night until 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, something along those lines, but that's the way my days go. But if I had more time in the day, I don't know that I'd get anything more accomplished, uh, you know, or I wouldn't have a better quality of life necessarily. Maybe I'd get more work done, but I wouldn't get any more sleep, and I probably wouldn't spend any more time with my family like I should. I would just concentrate on on my work. But having thought about you only get 24 hours. You know, we only get 365 days out of a year. So what do we do with 24 hours? We're all individuals. We all do this differently. If we're going to have 24 hours, you know, some may sleep 10 hours. I couldn't do it. I'd be ill as a hornet. You wouldn't want to be around me. If I did that two days in a row, you probably won't be out of the house when I get up. But it, um, we all, we're all different. We all need you know, things uh, to be set for us as individuals. You know, but if we only have 24 hours, and that is true, you know, what do we do if we're going to try and reflect on our life and we're going to try and Especially, like I said, this time of year, New Year's, we, we think in terms of New Year's resolutions and how we're going to improve you know, our life, our family's lives, and what we're going to do that we didn't do the previous year, and we've set these goals before, and we didn't fulfill them. And you know, we, We've got to consider how we're going to get that accomplished. And, and these, these goals that I'm speaking of now are not necessarily those of physical fitness. They're not necessarily of um, being able to, you know, go and spend a day on a golf course. That's not necessarily what I'm speaking about. You know, I, I talked a little bit about the things that come up in our lives, um, the stress of it, the regrets, the burdens, uh, the fears. You know, what is wrong with our life and, and how do we correct those things? And if we dwell on them, they build. So we're, you know, we're constrained by time and we, we don't get any more than 24 hours. So 
We have an expectation. And what is expectation? Expectation is the act or state of expecting anticipation. The belief that someone will achieve something, something um, strong or a strong belief that something will happen uh, in the future. So these are the things that I expect that will happen for me this week. I'll eat too much. I'll do it more than once. I'll complain about it. Holly will tell me, don't say that again. I'm I'm tired of listening to you complain about eating too much. I I expect that I will be able to relax a little. I expect I'll be able to spend some quality time with family. That is my my hope, my goal. Will I watch some football? Possibly. I don't know if it will be a complete game, but I'll watch a portion of some football. Will I sleep late one day? Possibly. So in considering expectations, it's human for us to have concerns. You know, our current situations, what are we concerned with? We're concerned about our government. We're concerned about our economy. We're concerned about our health care. Um, I really have no concern about our food downstairs. There's plenty of it, and it will taste good. So we have guilt and regret. If we're going to try to improve upon our lives and we have these things within our lives, guilt, regret, fear, despair, misery, the feeling of being overwhelmed, unmotivated, how do we deal with that? We've only got 24 hours. 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 19. <clears throat> then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. If, excuse me, let me read that again. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So what do we have to have hope in if we've got to have hope that beyond this world we've got something to look forward to. There is a heaven. There is a place that we can look forward to where all of these things can disappear. We won't have to bother with these things anymore. It will be nothing but peace. And peace is something that we all lack and and desperately want. If we look at uh, a few verses for fear, Psalms 56 and 11. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Proverbs 3 and 25. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Neither of the dissolution of the wicked when it cometh. 
If we talk about despair or misery, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Overwhelmed. In Job 11, 13, 20. 13 through 20, I'm sorry. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hand toward him, if iniquity be in thine heart or in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell within the tabernacles. For then shall thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt not be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Excuse me. Yea, that though. Excuse me. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away, and thine age shall be clearer than noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning, and thou shalt be secure, because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about, uh, dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Ye shall, ye, excuse me, yea, many shall make suit unto thee. But the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. If we are unmotivated, Proverbs 10 and 4, 10 verse 4. He becometh poor that uh, dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. You know, we've got verses that we can go to for all of these feelings that overwhelm us, all of these emotions that we carry throughout our lives. But the truth of the matter is, and we, we need these verses, and they, they do give us hope and they give us understanding of the fact that we are not alone, that... Um, we always have our Lord and uh, Savior, and we always have our brothers and sisters in Christ that we can lean on and that we have individuals that can help us. But hope is what we can have if we are only willing to let go of the old. The thought here is that if we've only got 24 hours, what can we do, what can we contain what can we accomplish in 24 hours? If we feel as if, and we all do things differently, we, you know, some of us may work long hours, some of us may be retired and have the opportunity to spend their day uh, doing activities that they like, all of that is wonderful, but if you still are carrying those individual issues and they weigh on you, there is a time in which that occurs you're spending your time letting those things seep into your life. I and mean, if we only have 24 hours, how do we remove those things from your life? We must let go of the guilt, the fear, the shame, the regret. These things cause us uh, to despair and have misery. 
They cause us to be overwhelmed and prevent us from being diligent. By definition, hope is to cherish a desire with anticipation. We talked about anticipation a minute ago and what that means, but the word cherish here means to protect or care for or to nurture. So if hope is to care for, protect, or to nurture a desire with anticipation. So for us, hope with hope, we can find the following things. We can find peace. We can find tranquility through struggles. We can find comfort, that ease of grief or uh, distress. But to be able to do that, we've got to push out the things that are consuming time. We've got to be able to push out the things that are we're spending our, our days contemplating that are not positive influences on our lives, positive influences on the individuals that may be around us. So I've got numerous verses in Psalms, and, and Psalms is just a, a a book that you know you could start and read from beginning to end, and and absolutely love every single word of it that you you came across. Chapter four and verse eight of Psalms. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Chapter 29 and verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Chapter 34. Verses 14 through 19. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He's not telling us that we uh, will not have afflictions, but he is telling us that if we will focus on the things that we need to focus on, that he will deliver us from them. Chapter 125 in Psalms. I sometimes feel good about reading Psalms because the chapters are so short I feel like I've done more. They that trust in the Lord shall be at Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put their uh, hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth 
were the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. <clears throat> so we're being told that we can have peace and we can be we can have comfort, but we're not told that we will not have issues within our life. But for me, I'm speaking for myself here, I will allow sometimes myself to focus on those things more than I should. And that is what I spend the bulk of my day doing, worrying about what will take place today, what will take place tomorrow, who is going to be upset with something that happens today. What, uh, and, and I do, I do have, uh, I am the type of individual that will take things to heart, and if I have a customer that is unhappy, I take it personally. And so I'll bring it home and I'll worry about it. And I'll worry about the opinion that they have of me and, and whether I've done my job well or whether I have put all of my effort into it or if I have just been lazy in effect. I've just simply allowed a job to proceed in any form, fashion, uh, or time schedule that it, it, it just so happened to, to come through at. And so as we, again, it's one of those things of where we're contemplating at the end of the year you know, again, what we've done over the, the course of the last 11 plus months and looking forward to the future, what, what are we going to do to improve how we feel about ourselves and, and the situation that we're in and pre, pre, being able to provide ourselves with peace and comfort? But we also must be patient so that we do not lose sight of the goal. We must be able to work through the troubles and sufferings of this world without falling short of our goal. Romans 15 and verse 4 says, We can have hope through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. In Proverbs 10 and verse 28, it says that hope of the righteous is gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. It is... Um, Man, have you ever had one of those situations where you're like, I know that some of my family members had it not too long ago because we were watching the Alabama and Auburn game. And I thought, Auburn's got them. You know, Alabama's going down. It felt good. Have you, have you ever had one of those moments where you're, you, you look at something and you look at an individual and you think, you know, it's not that you really want bad to happen to somebody, but you're tired of so much good happening for them. Does that make sense? So, you know, when we consider, or we, when we read this verse, hope of the righteous is gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Should I find happiness in the fact that um, the expectations of, of those individuals um who are wicked will perish. Now, I don't know their expectations. You know, there's no way for me to know what's truly in their heart. So I don't wish them to, to truly perish in a, in a situation where they are um, lost forever. They never have that opportunity to come back and to learn or to listen or to uh, understand God's word and and gain that forgiveness that we all want and need and hopefully have and apply that to their lives and become better individuals. 
I know lots of individuals that are good people that are just lost people. And I, I wish nothing bad for them. They're all good people. It's just sad that they don't have the truth in their life. <clears throat> in 1 Timothy 1, 1, we're told that whatever the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, excuse me, tells us that our Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. In Proverbs 13 and verse 12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, um, it is a tree of life. So we can have hope, but do we need more than hope? That verse tells me that I've got to have more than hope. I've got to have hope with desire. You know, I've got to work to be able to get to where I want to be one day. I can't simply go through life with an expectation that if I do the minimum, that it's enough to get me where I want to be. I've got to be willing to put forth enough effort to uh, obtain my goal. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. The man is blessed who puts his hope in the Lord. <clears throat> with hope we can remove the fear, guilt, despair, and replace it with the opposite. The more we let go of, the more we can replace it with. If we replace fear and regret or guilt, we can re replace it with innocence. The feeling that we should have knowing that our Lord and Savior has forgiven us of our sins. If we let go with the despair and replace it with encouragement, knowing that the, the world is not our home and the, uh, the stress of this world will not follow us to the grave. If we are sad, if we are overburdened, overwhelmed, we can replace that with happiness. We can replace it with joy and peace and love. If we are unmotivated, we can replace it with diligence. We can replace it with a feeling that we are, we are doing what we need to do and we are being fruitful if we live our lives as we should and we can be an encouragement or an example to others. What we want is to be accepted and loved in this society. But the truth of the matter is, is we really don't want to be accepted in this society. We want to be accepted by our Lord. We want to be loved by our Lord. So the things of this world really don't matter. We need to replace those things that, sh that we have in our lives that prevent us from being uh, encouraging and happy and hopeful and, and loving and joyful and do away with all of those things that uh, prevent us from being that individual. So to close it out, you know, we, we, we have a number of individuals in here I know that are Christians. I know that they have troubles in their lives and I know that they reach out to us as they need it. And I know that uh, they have comfort knowing the, the word of the Lord and knowing that uh, what the Bible has to say for them and they have done those things which they needed to do to be able to become Christians. 
but we have some that may not have. We have some that may not have understood that in full, may have questions about where they stand in their life. They may have issues that they need to try to remove from their lives and replace it with things that um, are, are better suited to the life of a Christian in their life. So we, we talk about hearing the word, and hearing is not just simply sitting and, and listening, but it also uh, is reading. As we read to ourselves, as we as we study, which you know this this has been good for me to do, because it has um, provided me with the you know enough diligence to sit down and put together a lesson to prepare for you, to give to y'all, but it has uh, increased the amount of time that I've spent doing that. So it's been good for me. As we hear the word, we know that we've got to be, uh, we've got to believe what has been said. We've got to believe what is in the Bible, what is written down for us. And as if we believe it and we repent of our sins and try to change the life that we have been living and, and move forward to a life that we so desire, we also need to confess that our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the means by which we get to heaven. And then we have to be baptized. Baptized is a portion of becoming a Christian. You do not get to be a Christian without being baptized. It doesn't work that way. You have to have all of these things in your life. So as we close, if there's anybody here today that has need, now would be the time to come forward. Thank you.